You're listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. We pray that as you hear this word, you would be encouraged and inspired as you pursue Jesus in your everyday life. Uh, we are going this summer through a series of teachings focusing on the essential ingredients that make up the church. A few weeks ago, I introduced this idea, and we, we highlighted those essential ingredients as worship, community, and mission. And we really believe that those are the core ingredients that make up the church of Jesus Christ, and that when we can hone in on those things, being who we are and what we're about as the church, we actually um, grow in our potency and our expression of a, a Jesus flavored church. And so this summer we wanted to be looking at what are these things, worship, community, and mission. And we really believe that um, it's worthwhile for us to do this because we believe that the church of Jesus is the hope of the world. We believe that God has actually called unto himself a people called the church in the world that are his means for renewing the world, for bringing about the blessing and the transformation that he wants to bring into the world. That's you guys. That's us here in this room. And the greater church of Victoria and around the world, the people of God called out for this purpose. How many of you heard Lucas last week talking about us being salt and light? He, he preached from Matthew 5 and that call upon us to be that preserving factor, that healing factor of salt in the world, the light in the darkness. This is who we are. This is our identity as the church. And I really believe that as we grow in understanding of what it is to be the church, we better express church in the world. The people of God called for this purpose. Simply put this, I'm going to read a quote to you that we read a few weeks ago, but it's, when Christians work together in sincere worship and genuine community to accomplish a part of the mission of God, they function as the church. As simple as that. And so today I want to focus on this element of community. But before I go into describing it, I just want to read a well-known verse from John 13. And we're going to kind of touch back on this verse as we work our way through the message today. But in John 13, verse 34 to 35, these are the words of Jesus after he has washed the feet of his disciples. And it's the night before his crucifixion, and he's sitting there with his disciples. And these chapters, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, are like these parting words of Jesus before he goes off to be arrested and eventually crucified. And what he says to his disciples is this. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And Jesus repeatedly, throughout his life and throughout his teaching, points to love as this ultimate aim for us to go after, the ultimate value of his kingdom. And so it's inevitable and understandable that community would be an expression of his church because there's this call upon us to love one another like he just said right here. 
And in reality, these three building blocks of church, these essential ingredients we're talking about, worship, community, and mission, they're all expressions of love, ultimately. Right? Worship is love for God. Community is love for one another. And mission is love for all people throughout the world. But they're all motivated by love. They're all birthed out of encountering his love for us. Love is that ultimate aim. But today we're looking at this idea of community. So I asked the question, what is community? We can interact here too, because we're not just like online. You're not just like, I'm wondering what you're typing in the comment section. What is community? People. Friends. Sharing life. Eating together. Did I hear growing together? Growing together. Ups and downs. Oh, that's written on my notes, Dad. Common unity. I'm going to stop right there. The, uh, the, these are all good answers. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, it's like this. We, we have this sense of what community is. But I do want to just point out, and we'll come back to it later, this thing that my dad just said, that, that the word community is essentially a combination of those two words, common unity. It's some commonality that unites a group of people together. There's all sorts of commonalities that create community, but today we're focusing on specifically Christian community. You know, you might be community because your neighbors with somebody. You might be community uh, because of being into skateboarding or into some form of art or whatever it might be, right? But today we're focusing on Christian community, and I want to look at it in these three words, okay, or three ideas. Community as belonging, community as a bright light, and community as a byproduct. Those are the three headings I'm working under, okay? And first and foremost, this idea of belonging, right? Jesus opens up this command with love one another. And there is this call and this destiny and this purpose on us as a church to be a place where people experience a sense of belonging. Like one of our deepest longings and deepest desires as human beings is to be loved and to be known. Essentially, it's this sense of belonging. Finding a place where you can feel that sense of belonging without having to be someone other than your true self. Because we, we long for this, and a lot of times we'll do just about anything to find a sense of belonging. I know for me, when I was a teenager, a lot of the bad decisions I made and the destructive choices and lifestyle I was living were ultimately, in some sense, a result of me looking for acceptance, looking for a place to belong. I made choices around drugs and alcohol. I made choices around crime and all sorts of bad choices and behavior, simply wanting to fit in and belong somewhere. But what I began to find in, in true, healthy, good Christian community as I uh, gave my life to Jesus was a place to belong simply as me, not as someone else, not having to put on any particular act, and now this is, there's a, there's a danger here because sometimes in 
religious communities where it's all about you got to behave this way to be accepted, we get it backwards. But in the kingdom of God, the way it actually works is you belong here. In other words, you don't have to behave a certain way for belonging. You actually belong first, and it's from that sense of belonging that the change starts to happen. The behavior gets changed. I mean, we were kind of singing about that in the song that Kelly and the team were leading us in this morning, right? It's about that grace that we experience in the presence of God, in the person of Jesus, that actually makes us want to change. It's similar to how when you're in a family, right? Like when you're a part of a family, my kids, they don't have to behave a certain way to be my son or my daughter. They're just part of the family. And there's something about being part of the family that gives you this place to speak into a life that you're able to say, hey, in our family, we don't actually fill in the blank, right? In our family, we with a, fill it in the blank with a positive. This is who we are. This is what we do. There's this sense of you know, our identity as a freezing family that we're instilling into our children. And this is the same as the way the family of God, the community of God's people is to work, is there's this belonging that people find in the presence of Jesus' followers. This acceptance, this love, this belonging. And from that, the change that God wants to do in our lives happens. But this simple command of Jesus, love one another, is key. It's key to us being who we're called to be as the church. It's essential for the world to actually be healed of the brokenness. It's a part, like when we love one another, when we obey this command, we're actually expressing heaven on earth. And so love is a big idea with big implications but it finds its expression in small forms. Because at the end of the day, people love people. You know, we can have big ideas about our programs or our philosophy towards ministry, towards church or whatever, but at the end of the day, people love people. Programs don't love people. Institutions don't love people. People love people. And so there is this thing that can only happen where love in its pure form, like Jesus calls us to, can only happen in smaller expressions. And one of the things that we're really working toward and kind of banging the drum on around here at Lifetree is microchurch, is small expressions of church, where you get groups of people together who can live out this stuff that the gospel calls us to, that the kingdom calls us to, in a, in a smaller setting, because in many ways... That's the best place for a lot of it to happen. So there's this belonging. And what I would say to you guys is that, that for us as the church to be that requires all of us being a people with open arms and open doors who put out the invitations. We'll say more about that later. But The invitation of Christian community, I'll summarize this point with this, is you belong here. Come as you are. This is the goal. This is something where you aspire to. What about community as bright light? What does Jesus say in verse 35? I'm going to read it again. He says, By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love 
one another. Our love for one another is intended to shine as a light in this world. Our love for one another is part of our witness to the goodness of King Jesus and his ways in the world. Our love for one another and the community that emerges from that love is actually a part of fulfilling the mission of God in the world. In other words, we're, we're in a world, right? It's a dark place in many ways. There's good and there's bad, but there's this, this loneliness that exists in our world. Would you agree? A world can feel like a lonely place. And as the family of God, when we actually love well and facilitate this idea of community, we are becoming a solution to that darkness. We are becoming the light that pushes back that darkness. We are the salt of the earth, as Lucas was talking about last week. There's actually studies that show that the world we live in has an ever-increasing sense of loneliness in it. I was reading an article, it was from 2018, an NPR article, and it was titled, it's, it's an American study, but it says, Americans are a lonely lot, and young people bear the heaviest burden. That was the title of this article. And what they found as they surveyed people and did studies through, like, millions of people was that as you moved your way down through the age demographics, the sense of loneliness actually was increasing. That the elderly folks were actually you know, had a greater sense of connection and community in their life. And as you work your way down through the ages, the sense of loneliness was increasing. And it's mind-blowing to me that in an age where we're supposedly more connected than ever, loneliness is increasing. Right? I'm not saying that anybody on social media is bound to this. You know, it's not like social media is responsible for loneliness. There's people who use it differently than others. But what I do find interesting is that in a day and age where, where there's more opportunity for connection, more mediums for connection, there's an increasing loneliness. And one of the things that was fascinating in this article is they were referencing other studies and other research that you could click the hyperlinks on that identify and, sorry, connect all sorts of health consequences with loneliness. Heart failure connected to loneliness. Strokes connected to loneliness. Immune system deficiencies connected to loneliness. An actual, like, um, Premature death connected to loneliness. Some of these studies claimed that, that loneliness is of a greater risk to your physical health than obesity and can be similar to 15 cigarettes a day. Obviously varying levels of it, but there's stresses and all sorts of negative emotion that comes with this sense of loneliness that is ravaging people's bodies, physical health, at risk. And we, as the church of Jesus, have been called and empowered to heal this world, to meet that need. And so there's this sense in which when we start to do community well, we are actually fulfilling a part of the mission of God in healing this world. 
Sometimes we complicate the idea of what it is to be God's people in the earth, and yet it can be so simple. Love one another. And by that love, the world will know that you're my disciple. So I just say to you, healthy community shines as a bright light in this world. But I mentioned to you, community is a byproduct. And I want to go back to the middle of this passage we read, where Jesus says something staggering. He says, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Like that's, when you think about that, when you think about the magnitude of Jesus' love and the way he loved us, he loved us so much that he suffered and died for us. For sins that he did not commit, sins that we committed, he bore the punishment in his body. And that was the pinnacle, the climax, the, 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 the greatest display of love the world's ever known. And he says, in the way that I've loved you, so you ought to love one another. And the one, on the one hand, that can be crushing. And that can be overwhelming. But on the other, as we actually believe the good news of God's love for us expressed in Jesus, it puts in us a love for others. You know, we don't become the type of community that we're called to be by just trying harder. By just getting an idea of what it's supposed to be and working harder at it. Even maybe a little bit unconnected to this idea of receiving his love, I'd say to you this, that I've actually experienced stronger community, not in the pursuit of community, but in experiencing God and his presence in a place of worship with others. Or I've experienced community and strong relationships form in actually being about the mission of God with people. Some of my closest friends are people that we did youth ministry here in this church with for years. And as we sought to, to pour into the lives of the youth, our relationships strengthened. And it was getting involved in part of God's mission in the earth that we actually grew in relationship with one another. There's something that can happen that when we fixate on the idea of community and connection, we can actually make just like kind of an awkward experience. All right, we're going to connect now. <laughs> connecting. Are you connecting? You know, like it's just, it, just, it just turns into this kind of weird thing when it becomes the thing we're fixated on. There's an interesting quote by a well-known author and leader in the church from the last century, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. My dad told me this quote years ago, and I'd encourage you to read it in its full context. The book is called Life Together. It's a small little book, but he makes this one statement. Elijah, you can put it up there. It says this, He who loves his dream of community more than the Christian community itself becomes a destroyer of the latter. And what he, what he gets at is that when we come in with our grand vision of what community is supposed to be looking like, and we pursue that, we actually come into the presence of other people who aren't measuring up to our standard of community, and we become the judge and the accuser of them, of God, and even of ourselves, and our inability to create the community that we believe should be. 
The community of Christians is built solely upon the person of Jesus and his finished work of the cross. Not our good deeds, not our good performance, not our perfect behavior. Because guess what, guys? We're messy. And that's part of the beauty of Christian community. I'm not saying like, hey, let's increase our sinfulness so that God's grace may be, you know, glorified in our midst. But there's just this fact that we're all on a journey of being fixed up. And we're somewhere along the spectrum of sanctification, to use a theological term. And yet we can love one another. And it's in the presence of broken people doing life together, making much of Jesus, that he's glorified. And the call to us isn't to love the idea of community, it's to love people. When we love people, community is a byproduct. And when we know the love of Jesus for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, we have a lot of grace and capacity to love all sorts of people. Knowing the gospel is essential for strong community to develop. My dad pointed out when we asked the question at the beginning, what is community, and he said common unity, right? And I said, yes, that's it. There's this commonality that we share that unites us. And I think it's so important in this day and age for us as the church to realize that it is Jesus, the finished work of the cross, and the mission he's called us to that unites us. Because we live in a time where our world is ravaged by division. Would you agree? There is a divisive spirit at work in our world that is, it's intense, it's nasty, it's visceral. And we get divided over, uh, you know, political preferences. We get divided over social issues. It's been crazy town to watch and see over this last year and a half how the church of Jesus can get so divided over how to respond to, you know, public health orders during the pandemic. You know, like, submit to the government or rebel. To wear a mask or not to wear a mask. To, to vaccinate or not vaccinate, right? And these things, like, become issues that pull us apart when we have the cross of Jesus held before us. The universal welcoming love of God displayed in those open arms and in his suffering to all humanity that we're called to carry. And first and foremost, it should be happening here in the house of God amongst brothers and sisters. And we find ourselves divided over these lesser things. Guys, it doesn't look good. And so what I'd want to say, guys, like wherever you're at on those questions and those issues and your journey in it, you're welcome here. Because we're not united on what we think about that. We're united on the person of Jesus and what he's accomplished and that he's called us to love people and to love this world and to serve our city. To make much of Jesus and teach others to follow him. It's simple as that. Community as a byproduct, right? A byproduct 
ultimately of our encounter with the love of God, which is what fuels our worship, fuels us in mission, and ultimately produces community. We're talking about these things, guys, because I truly believe that, that each one of us is called to express this kingdom of God, the church of Jesus here in the world. So if you're hearing me this morning kind of talking about this stuff and you're like, yeah, I want that. Where can I find it? You know? Sometimes we, we are looking for someone else to create the very thing that God is putting in our heart to create. I just want to encourage you, like, don't hesitate to extend an invitation to reach out, invite someone for lunch, invite someone for a meal. Share your ideas of mission that God is putting in your heart with others. If you're having ideas, share them with me. Because <laughs> we, we want to do, again, another Serve Saturday near the end of August. I forget the exact date because of the Saturday's dates. 26th, I'm hearing from the back, August 26th. August 21st, not 26th. Uh, but we'd love to hear ideas from within our community of how we can serve our city and actually see those ideas become a reality. I don't want to say this. I'm just going to read a few things I wrote down here. Say this. The church is not the church as Jesus intended it to be unless it is a place where people are loved and known, a place of belonging. Any place you can go consistently and remain anonymous is not an expression of church as it was meant to be. The type of community our world desperately needs and the church is called to be is best expressed in small expressions of the church. So there's a place for us to come and do this and gather together. But I really believe that there's this need for us to gather in smaller contexts regularly for belonging to happen, for people to really be known and really be loved as they are. Because, guys, it's easy, right? You, you, you can come into a big gathering week after week after week and remain unknown. It's really hard to do that when you go for lunch at someone's house <laughs> or when you're working with those people on a particular project or mission. So you want to know like secrets because I want to give you strategies because I really believe, guys, this is it. Like, like I said, it, don't just, let's not find ourselves just sitting in that place waiting for somebody else to create it. But what might be a community expression, a microchurch expression that God has called you to lead or be a part of? Do you want strategies? For building strong community. Keep Jesus central. Make much of Jesus. And food. Eat food together. Uh, it is amazing. I mean, you read it in the early church. It talks about how they went from house to house, right? They ate together often. They prayed together often. They got into the scriptures together often. 
This is what church looks like. And so if you're kind of like, I don't know how to do this, just make some food and invite some people to eat with you and ask a question about Jesus. That'd be a great way to start. Maybe, you know, what would it look like to be Jesus' body here in Victoria? What area of darkness might he want us to touch? Have a conversation like that. Or who has Jesus been to you in your journey? How has Jesus led you from where you were to where you are now? Simple questions. Jesus and food are a good start. And if anybody out there is like, I can't do this, I just want to tell you, you have the Spirit of God. If you're a Jesus follower, if you've received Jesus into your life, He's your Lord and Savior, you have His Spirit in your life. The spirit of the creator of the universe, the sovereign king, is alive in you. And I'm sure he could lead you in cooking some food and asking a question. And beyond, like greatly impact the world. And if you've not ever received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I am here to tell you that there's no better decision you could make in your life. Or if you're watching online with us today and that's you, you can message us, write in the comments. You can privately email us, office at lifetree.ca. But coming to Jesus and doing life with people, trying to follow him, is the best human experience there is to be had. It's the best way to be that God has called us to be in this world. I want to pray over us as we close. And if you would like to, I want to welcome you to stand up. You don't have to. But there's something about as we just get up and posture our bodies in a place to receive. You put your hands out however you like. Father, we thank you that you have given us the greatest display of love in your son, Jesus. We ask you by your spirit to just continue, continue to pour into our hearts the revelation of that love, the experience of that love. That we would know right where we're at, right as we are, you love us, you accept us, you say you belong here with me. And I ask that the result would be us as a community being a place where people experience that. God, whether it's here when we gather on Sundays, whether it's in our homes, whether it's out in this city seeking to serve people and meet needs, we ask that we would carry a welcoming heart. That message that says you belong here. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. At LifeTree, we are a family all about declaring and displaying Jesus to transform lives and benefit our city. If you'd like to find out more about LifeTree, you can find us online at lifetree.ca.